All right. Welcome to Sugar Talk with Rana. I'm your host, Rana. And we have a special guest tonight, Paradise Mingo. Hello, lady. Hello. But she is definitely no stranger to this podcast. She has been on before, and we just want to say welcome back. We're glad to have you. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes, yes. So how you been? I've been good, you know, just getting through school, law, uh, work, life, you know. I know how that goes. <laughs> yes. Um, but, um, so, tonight we are discussing bouncing around depression. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that this is, like, really huge in our community, the black community, and, um... This is really a good topic because a lot of people don't think that they need therapy for this. I I feel like that's a stigma that we need to get over. I agree. So, um, but let's just jump in. Yep. I want to ask you first, how do people fall into depression? What makes people fall into depression? I know that's like a broad question, but... So... A variety of things uh, can, you know, assist with someone falling into depression. Uh, you can, they can be abused. You know, they can go through uh, loss of loved ones, loss of a job. Um, you know, certain medications that they're taking can make, you know, make somebody depressed because of how it affects their body and their levels in their brain. It's so many different avenues to what depression is and how they can obtain it. And even even now, it's still like people are still looking into it. Mm-hmm. And then you got like negative self-image that some people have yeah. because of the media. They yeah. don't have this perfect body. They don't have that. Mm-hmm. They don't have that, you know, so it's it's a lot that can lead to depression. Right, right. But right. it's more common than people think. Yeah. It's it's a lot it's a lot common than they think. So I feel like sometimes two people don't realize that they are depressed. Like they don't know the signs of depression but could be in that mode depression. I agree. Sometimes uh, depression can be looked at as laziness, mm. you know, because they can't get their self together to, to go to work. They can't get their self out of that funk to do certain things or they can't channel it and put it into something positive because they really just physically depression really can weigh on you. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes, oh, they're just lazy and you haven't, you don't know that person's story. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on with them. You haven't even asked, but you see that they're stagnant and you just automatically say, oh, they're lazy. Right. So, yeah. And it affects a lot of things within like their life or whatever. I, um, a friend brought up to me um, or asked me the question, do you think I'm, depressed because she um single mm-hmm. she's been single for a while and she's been lonely so mm. she's like I don't feel like I'm depressed you know I I mean I get out every now and then I do things and but I'm just lonely and I don't really know if I'm falling into a depressed state mm-hmm. or you know what it is you know I I don't know. I don't know. So I'm like, well, it could be a form of depression. It could be, um, depending on the type of things that you're actually doing. And then if you keep your mindset of, because she's single and she's been single for a while, she's divorced. And, um, you know how you, how some people are 
um, they call them homebodies. Right. She's a homebody. And mm. she says she gets out every now and then. That's probably going to the store or, okay. <laughs> you know, you know, to the mall or something like that. So I don't think she's out socializing. Mm. She's, you know, pretty much in the house or going out to the store, different things like that, but not really out, out. So I think she is in that state, but I mean, that's just my opinion. So in, in my experience, loneliness is like that, that door leading you to depression. Mm -hmm. When you feel like, you know, someone has to complete you or you need a companion or, you know, a society is telling you that, hey, your clock is ticking. It's time for you to, you know, pair up with somebody. I do feel like loneliness is that gateway. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you, and then once loneliness sets in, you kind of want to isolate yourself. You don't want to do too much, you know. So I just feel like with loneliness, there's a way to combat loneliness with being comfortable with who you are, what you are, and what you already possess. So those depressive symptoms won't be as bad. But if there is some sort of depression going on, you still should seek help. Even for the loneliness, you should you shouldn't feel lonely. You shouldn't, you know, feel lonely being by yourself. And then if you want to date, sitting at home, but your date gonna break in your house. Like, <laughs> right. how, you gonna, how you gonna get it together? Right, right, you right. You know, so you do have to go out and socialize and be social. Not saying that you have to do anything immoral or uncomfortable, but you gotta get out there. Right. Are you you know, are you on any dating sites if you wanna date? Are you right. going to any I don't know, if you're not into clubs, are you, I don't know, doing artsy stuff? I right. don't know, something, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. So would you like for your, your new mate to break into your window? Like, I don't think that's going to be a good idea. So loneliness is definitely one of those. The loneliness, in my opinion, loneliness and depression are cousins. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's... And then not having uh, certain necessities like companionship and mm-hmm. and sex and, you know, intimacy and mm-hmm. connecting with other, you know, human beings that can also lead to um, depression. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So definitely needing to seek help. Yes. So I have a question mm-hmm. because a lot of I feel like a lot of our youth um, are in this state as well and maybe not knowing now um without using any names i'm gonna try to address this situation so i know of a youth Mm -hmm. that you know in high school football star you know all of these things right but still having issues at home okay and when they have a conversation with their parent, they're like, it's like an explosion of things. And then they go into, uh, well, you never, you're never there for me. Or, um, you, you, you know, just certain things that just start bringing up and it's like, Hmm, there's some underlining here. And then they just blurt out that, you know, like one day they just blurt out that they're depressed. Okay. So how do you talk to, I mean, especially for the parent, because sometimes kids don't want to listen to their parents. Right. So how do we reach out to the youth that are going through this thing? Because they have, you know, the, the kids are committing suicide. 
because they're depressed and they don't even know that they're depressed or they don't know how to ask or reach out for help Mm -hmm. because when I was growing up going to a shrink or excuse me, I didn't mean to say Mm -hmm. it like that, but Mm -hmm. going to, you know, a counselor or someone laying on somebody's couch was just unheard of. Unheard of. You better go pray about it. You better go in the corner. Right. You got a demon on you, you know, all All these these things. things. Yes. Except for the right thing. Right. You know, um, how do we pull them in? I mean, I just think awareness is, you know, especially with us being um, black women, just awareness to the community, raising awareness, because it didn't just start with that child. You mm-hmm. know, it, something's going on with mom, something's going on with dad. For him to feel like his parents weren't there for them, there, there was something missing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just think that families as a whole need some form of healing and giving them resources on, you know, seeking some help and accepting the help, you know, I think that'll really work with the youth. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's crazy. And it's so crazy that it's so stigmatized. So people be like, ain't nothing wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I ain't going to talk to no therapist. I promise you, most therapists probably have therapists. (laughs) Everybody needs somebody. somebody I mean, you just have to let it out. You do. You really do. You do. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you're feeling some type of way, and I think that's another thing. Growing up in a black household, you can't have no problems. And if you do, you better shut up about it. I was about to say. That's the problem. No, how about we take everything and put it all on the table and let each person know that our feelings are valid. Right. You know, this is how I feel, dot, dot, dot. I'm sorry that I made you feel that way or that you feel that way. No, clearly... You know, I'm offended. I'm feeling neglected. I have issues. You know, let's, let's, how can we, you know, move resolve, forward yeah. and resolve it? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. so, you know, we got to get it together because, Truly, we got to get it together. And I definitely want to reach out to the youth because they're like, they're dropping like flies, man, because of suicide. Like, mm-hmm. it's just really, really crazy. The numbers. Yeah, because um, no one's listening. Yeah. No one's listening. So it's it's time that, you know, they know that, for one, you are heard. For two, you know, suicide, you know, that, that negative self-image of I don't feel worthy or, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm here or not. Or that, that vengeful feeling that they want to leave because they're like, you know, you know. I'm going to just kill myself and y'all don't have to worry about me. No, they need to know that they are valued. Their life is worth it. They are loved. They need to be poured into and not just, oh, you're 15 or 16 years old. You're going to pay some bills or, you know, little things like that. It's We just really need to pay more attention and nurture the youth more, more. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so we know also that, um, and I'm kind of jumping around here, but we also know that women who are, uh, you know, just had a baby, mm-hmm. can also fall into uh, the postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. I, I thank God, I you know, I'm really thankful that I never had that, that I never went through that. So Oof. I'm very grateful. You better be. Let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you about that postpartum. Uh, uh. So... Um, it's so crazy. Uh, me and one of my colleagues, we were in, uh, our theories of personality class and she was, we were talking about nature versus nurture and Mm. things like that. And how, um, do, do we know of anyone who's detached? Mm. 
from their child. And one of my colleagues, she doesn't have any kids, but she just thought it was just the weirdest thing. She was like, my friend just had a baby, and it's like she wants nothing to do with it. Mm. She's like, take it, please, you know. And I, and I just turned around and I said, you know, that's normal, right? And she was like, really? And I said, yeah, well, see, and I went into the whole what postpartum is and how it happens. So... <clears throat> You have this huge ball of hormones when you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Your hormones are up through the roof, you know. That's why you can't get your life together. One minute you're crying, one minute you're mad, one minute you just don't know what to do with yourself. You know, you're just pregnant and just all over the place, and that's perfectly fine. And then when you have that child, that estrogen literally goes from a million gajillion to shit. Mm. Causing a hormonal imbalance, which leads to depression. Then you have this baby who demands your attention. Attention, yeah. I demand food from you. I demand you to wake up. I demand you to change this pamper. If I have gas, you ain't going to know because I'm just going to cry. So you're going to have to figure it out. I don't speak your language. Mm -hmm. So, which leads to, especially if a mom doesn't have help, that leads to, for one, sleep deprivation. Mm. You know, that's why before you leave the hospital, they ask you, do you have help? Do you have assistance? If you don't, here's the postpartum hotline, you know, because it gets to the point where you have this demanding new child. Your hormones are out of whack. Your self-image is wacky because you probably don't look the same. Your body isn't the same after you have a baby sometimes. Kudos to the ones with the good genes. (laughs) Um, You know, so it literally is like... I'm going to tell you, I went through postpartum with my son. For one, I was a 16-year-old mother. For two, Shadda Bay was waking up early. I would eat. <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with him? Like, uh-huh. as soon yeah. as I blink an eye, I'm sleeping. And, no, ain't no ass. <laughs> just go to sleep. You just ate. What's going on with you? But listen, you know how, you know how, <laughs> well, back in my day, my parents and family be like look you better put some cereal in that bottle let that baby go to sleep get some food and that's not healthy (laughs) although (laughs) although we've done it we all done it yes yes although we've all done it it's not healthy by a long shot they their stomachs are meant to continue feeding and all that good stuff but when you're doing it by yourself see when you have a person and even if you have support you still may go through postpartum depending on your hormone levels right right you know and you know it listen it's hard when you ain't got nobody there and it's hard when you got somebody there both of y'all gonna be sitting there looking crazy because that baby mouth lying open, you know. But it's a lot better when you have someone that can assist you in changing the pamper or two. Mm-hmm. Um, pumping milk if you're breastfeeding, right. you know. And you, and then the wonders that come with that. Your breasts are sore. They're cracking. The child is demanding it because there's no schedule for breastfed babies. So, you know, postpartum is normal if you go through it you just make sure that you seek help don't don't get to your breaking point um because then you can harm yourself or the baby Mm -hmm. and it really gets you and and it's levels to postpartum you have postpartum depression but then you have postpartum psychosis so postpartum psychosis are those really severe um 
those really severe symptoms like the hallucinations, um, you wanting to harm your baby or yourself, wow. or you just having really negative images, you you know, you're just going through it. So it's, it's levels to postpartum and some people don't realize it, but the ones who have literally off their children and off themselves, they nine times out of 10 had postpartum psychosis. Wow. And believe, and because we feel like those those symptoms are wrong, because we just had a baby, we should be happy, right? Right, right. This is beautiful. This is this is a bundle of joy. Everybody keeps telling me how much of a blessing this is, but I can't see it. So what do I do? And I can't tell you that. Hey, I don't like this baby right now. This ain't my favorite. So, you know, without being judged or feeling like you're being judged, so people just you know go the long haul. Yeah. So. And it's it's. It's crazy because, you know, you're bringing in this life into the world, but you're also, and especially when it's your first child, this is something new to you. You're not used to this. So that could mm-hmm. play a, a really heavy part in that as well. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't think I had postpartum because, uh, you know, I love my baby and I was there for the baby, but I didn't want the dad to be there. I was like, huh? Oh, so you went through that. I'm the mama. Step away. <laughs> You went through that, oh, like, oh, I, mean, oh. I, I wasn't feeling him after the, after I, I don't know what it was. I just wasn't feeling him after I had the baby. Really? Did he yeah. take you through a lot when you were pregnant? No. Oh, okay. Because usually that's how it is. When they take you through a lot and once the hormones go, you be like, I'm going to get you something. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, not I really. went through postpartum. I didn't have too much support. Um, you know, I was a 16 year old mom first. Right. So my dad felt, oh, you want to have that baby? You want to you take, take care of that yep, baby? Yep. Yeah. So that's what they say. And that's perfectly you fine. Yeah. You know, that's perfectly fine. My dad didn't start like really coming around and assisting me with my son until he seen that I was really trying to do something with myself. Yeah. Um, that's good. But prior to that, the sleepless nights, um, not having support, trying to figure out how I was going to finish um, high school. Dang. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's tough. Where am I going to get some money to feed this child? Yeah. You know, feeling like I was a statistics because I'm standing in the line for welfare and food stamps. It was a lot. And I think my postpartum lasted for about five years. Really? Yeah. I had to really learn how to, one, dress myself. I didn't know what to do. Like, my, my body looks oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. It's new. It feels different. I feel different. What's going on? You know, so I went through postpartum pretty bad. I I went through that depression pretty bad, and I had to call my friends. It's so crazy. I was in school one day, and I just kept taking bathroom breaks because I could not just stop crying. It was uncontrollable. Wow. And I was in the bathroom, and I'm just trying to get myself together, trying to hurry up, because I gotta go to class, right? I gotta finish high school, duh. So, you know, <laughs> so I'm like, what is going on? Right. And one of the security guards, her name is uh, Tillman, and she seen my eyes, and they was puffy, and I was crying, and I'm trying to rush past her. She said, oh, where you going? I said, back to class. I could not get it together. <laughs> and she was like, are you in here crying? I was like, yes. And I just let it out. Bawled. And she was like, well, what's wrong? I just, bawled. I don't have no help. I'm not getting no sleep. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And she was like, baby, it's going to be okay. She was really like of, like, she was like my, my, I don't know. It was oh, like she angel, saved angel, me. Yes. yes. Because I was like, yeah. she was like, I know what you're going through. She has kids and everything, but because I was a 16-year-old mother and in my family, it was like, well, you wanted to have that baby, so you're going to go you ahead and take it. care of that yeah. baby. And so what? You know, this is what you got to go through. It was more so of a punishment than a, a well, blessing. a yeah. baby is here. Let's yeah. help you. Right. You right. know, it was so 
like, oh, okay, you want to have a baby? Psh, turn, we gonna turn our eyes on you. We don't care. And it was like they kind of wanted to see that emotional uh, downhill spiral. And when it came, it came like a thief in the night. I was mm-hmm. like, oh Lord! And my friends came to help me, mm-hmm. you know, so that I can at least breathe, have some type of me time to yeah. myself, you know. But I went through it pretty bad, and still trying to figure, still was trying to figure out who am I, what am I doing. What is life? I have a child here that's looking at me, you know, for everything. So what do I do? How do I accomplish this? And when you can't see the end product, it really makes you depressed. And you're like, dang, this is a regret. Yeah. It's more so a regret than, hey, I'm bringing in a life. So. Oof, Jesus. Yeah. Thank God I, my family was there for me. So um, I'm grateful for that. Yes. So. But so let me ask you a question. Um, how does or does PTSD kind of fall in line with depression? Can it, is there a a comparison? So PTSD is usually, um, onset by something traumatic. Um, and you can have acute PTSD or you can have delayed onset PTSD, which delayed onset PTSD comes after the traumatic event, mm-hmm. meaning that it could be six it could be six months or later after the event. Um, in my book, and becoming so she became, I talked about how I didn't realize how traumatized I was until adulthood. Mm. Um, so you know, being molested going through domestic violence, um, living in a domestic violent household with my mom, and seeing things that a child just shouldn't see, I didn't realize that it actually affected me until later, later, and it's so crazy. So usually PTSD, like having having nightmares and having things like that and just being triggered by stuff, but you don't really like, like, why did that trigger me, you know? Yeah. PTSD is definitely one of those, um, it's, it's part of like, uh, depression or personality disorders. So it really, it falls into the category, anxiety and depression. My, um, professor says that it's the, um, common code of psychology. Hmm. So everybody nine times out of 10 has some form of anxiety or some form of depression, right? No matter how deep or how, you know, how it is. Um, PTSD is a disorder though. So with depression, you know, sometimes with depression, it can be genetics. You know, if you have a history or bloodline to depression, you can, you know, be you can have that that chemical imbalance. The PTSD is definitely some something traumatic happened in order, and it has it, it was serious for you to really like be stunned like that. So, yeah. So, can that cycle be broken? When you say bloodline, mm-hmm. can that cycle be broken? I believe so. I believe so. It's some it's so much out here like uh, help um, therapy. Now insurances, even Medicaid is, you know, giving mental mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing that self-work. Some people need meds, yeah. you know, and if that's 
if that's what you need, then I'm all for it. I'm actually more of an herbal girl. <laughs> right. I'll herb you to death. Uh-huh. You anxious, huh? Take some of this lavender right here. Mm-hmm. So that's me. I'll do, I'll, I like herbs and meditations and talking about what's going on and, you know, things like that, you know, giving tips on how to ground yourself and, you know, things like that. But for the people who actually need medication, then I'm totally not opposed to it. But yes, I do believe that you can break the cycle and then just choosing what you want to do every day. Put that list on the wall. Like, if you know you didn't take that walk yesterday, take that walk today. Go go walk barefoot in grass or smell some lilies or, you know, just do something just to, even though your depression is telling you, hey, let's stay in and let's soak all day. Make it your business to get up and get out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. Um, is there anything else that you want to share about depression? How to... Because we're bouncing around it. So. Yes, bouncing around it. How, how, how do people <laughs> bounce around depression, though? So, depression, like, it's this broad umbrella of things that can be triggered by so many things. You know, you can... Uh, the richest people can have depression. Then that's true. You know? That is true. They're like, but you got money. Yeah, depression has nothing to, to do, do with, with your money. money that's you true. Know? You know, me being diagnosed with uh, PTSD-1 and uh, bipolar disorder, I would have these episodes where I feel like I'm invincible. It's, can't tell me anything. You know, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm the cat's meow. What you say? Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. you know, you're talking to me. Of course you are. <laughs> you know, and then, right. <laughs> and then I have these had because I don't have them anymore which is a blessing but then I, I had these um episodes where I feel really low mm. and feel extremely violent like I want to lash out really so yes and this is it's so horrible when you feel low and you are in your head you're thinking all these negative things about yourself and nobody knows it so you just this ain't nobody no mind reader, right? And then you're at work or you're at home, and you still have to be you, and you still have to um, tend to the public or tend to your children. But right now you're feeling real crazy, like you know. And now I understand why people have like these lash outs or they get so angry. And it's not that they want to fight you or that they just want to lash out at you. It's just the point that right now they're having a battle with themselves and you can't beat yourself up. Mm. You can't put a bandaid over your own, you know, issues or if you're mad at yourself or having these negative self images and negative self talks and telling yourself what you deserve and what you don't deserve and what you're not worth and what you won't do and what you, it is a mental battle. And it is really exhausting to have your mind race like that. So I totally get it when they, you know, people with bipolar disorder, because you have bipolar disorder one, two, you have bipolar depression and all that good stuff. Well, not really good stuff, but, you know, things like that. And I understand why they lash out. But and it takes a lot to work through that. Let me ask you a question. So it so. Let me see how I want to pose this question because when they lash out, 
and whoever they're lashing out to, depending on how that person reacts to the lashing out, Mm -hmm. could affect the person even more. I'm feeling like, you know, you have to be careful because you really don't know who you're talking to. You sure don't. Meaning, and not in that sense, but in the, in in the sense that you don't know what they're going through. You don't. You don't know what everybody's going through, and they're lashing out for a reason. I feel like we have to be more sensitive to stuff like that. I mean, I know it's kind of hard that somebody lashing out at you. You're like, wait, I know they're not talking to me. I like, think, <laughs> yes, you know, no, and, and and that's real because I've had a couple of people lash out at me, and I lash back. Yeah, like, right, right, right. Get yourself together. <laughs> But when you realize that they aren't really lashing at you, it's not anything to you, you would you would react better. Okay, so if you see somebody who just come in there and they're just angry, they just have issues, they just have a scowl on their face. I don't know you, you know. Mm-hmm. You just coming into whatever space that I'm in. You don't know me. So clearly you're having an issue with self. I don't know what happened outside of there. That ain't none of my business. But you know, right here, and I tell people right here when I in my space, <laughs> right, you gonna leave that shit out the door. <laughs> right, 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 right. You gonna you and them whatever you dealing with, yeah, leave that out the door. <laughs> so when you come up in here, you better have some form of self love right. and respect okay. so we can have this good exchange. That's right. But that goes with uh, me having trial and error. Uh-huh. You know. Me having an attitude and having to check myself at the door, like hold up, hold up, hold up, there, hold up, <laughs> you know. And meditation has really helped me. Really, affirmations have really helped me really? because it has really, um, it has really changed my mind on how I think about myself, regardless of what other people think. It don't even matter. Right. But at one point, that did matter. Uh-huh. So you know, it has really helped me. The affirmation. So if I'm feeling some type of way, now my mind is like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Uh Uh-uh, you are worth it. You are valuable. You know, you have peace. You have joy. You know, it's things like that. And I'm like, okay. And then I continue my little stride going on, you know. So do you do that at a certain time of the day or is it just any at any given point? All day, every day. Mm -hmm. I do it all day, every day. I'm already ready, so I don't have to get ready. Right, right. Because you you never know, you know. That's right. That's right. It's it's literally one of those things that's like a scale. You put a, a feather in one end of the scale and it might tip. You know, so just in case it decide to tip, I'm good. I won't be tipping. <laughs> because I already got it in my head, in my spirit, and it took a long time to say to train your mind. <laughs> Listen. I should be skinny. Listen. <laughs> As much as I had to train this here mind, okay? Maybe <laughs> right. I can manifest some skittiness over here, you know? Honey, <laughs> look, to transfer some of that over here. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but it, it took a lot to really get out of those, um, honestly, those things that's been happening most of my life. My whole, what, 25 years, you want to say? Because I just started this whole spiritual journey mm-hmm. um, maybe a year ago and really started, like, accepting it and just transforming myself and my energy. And even still then, sometimes I have to check myself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, you know, looking at people and thinking something negative, like, mm-hmm, you, know, you don't even know them. Don't talk about them. <laughs> you don't even know them. What you doing? Mm-mm. It's hard, though, paradise. It is. It's hard. <laughs> I said I should be skinny. <laughs> I know when I'm having like a negative thought, mm-hmm. I will say something positive out my mouth. Okay. Because we don't got time for that. Just, just 
Listen, listen, little shadow. You either gonna get with this program, love, love, or you're just gonna shush. <laughs> <laughs> right. Listen, I truly, truly understand. Truly understand. So, um, okay. Now, how else do we bounce around this depression? How do how do we help? I guess. How do we help? the older generation to snap out of this thing. Girl, I have no idea. <laughs> because let's be real. Yeah. They stubborn. Ooh, them they baby stubborn and they they stuck in their ways, man. Oh my lord. It's hard to talk to them too sometimes. You know, they are definitely that generation of ain't nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care what I put you through. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing wrong with you. You know, so in my opinion, try to kind of let them be. I mean, it's okay it's to yeah, but I, you know, I like to shut it down before it gets started because you know they can say a lot of negative things without really knowing that they're like, hey, you 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 putting some out there, you putting this, you know what I mean? That might affect that person who's going through something as well. You know, and the the impulsivity that they had is just ridiculous, and it's like. They just don't care. You, That's like, true. Girl, you're 36 age. years old. You ain't got no cheering yet. Well, oh, you're not married yet? Well, Auntie Maddie, I can't have kids. Well, what's wrong with you? You're like... Well, dang. Dang. Yeah. You know? I'm not already not feeling on. like a woman. Right. And you're going to sit here and be like, well, dang. What, what's happening here? Right. You know? Right. No. It's, I believe that there's a way to check them. But still do it respectfully. We're in a different age and time now. Yes. Things are different. It's not like how they how things were when, when they, they were, were yeah, getting, coming up. You know, coming up. Things are way different now. Times are different. The food is different. The water different. Everything's different, you know. <laughs> yes. So I don't know how we get them to understand that, but sitting down and having talks with them, but of course, it's that whole thing of I'm going to say what I want to say. And that's perfectly fine. But at what expense? Mm-hmm. You know, so I talk to my dad about a lot of stuff. Uh, I talk to him about spirituality and we talk about things like that. And um, my dad don't listen all the time. But he's 66. He's a boomer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's tough. It's, it's really tough because even when it comes down to things with my son, I'd be like, why would you do that? And you know, he can't have such and such and such. Well, I did it when I was a child. I said, but the food is different now. You can't be doing that. Mm-hmm. So wh- why are you doing that? What, what's going on? Well, well, you know, they just hard-headed and they just want their way. I have no idea how to approach it. We just have like, I just bring up stuff casually to see where his mind is and mm-hmm. try to meet him there. You know, like, well, you know, okay, since you said that, that Blah, blah, blah. And we just expound from there. And then he goes, oh, okay. I see. But that's just my dad. Now, if you're talking about older women, good luck. Forget it, right? <laughs> good luck. Let me tell you something about my mother. Oh, Jesus. She will say what's on her mind, whatever comes up, comes out. Mm-hmm. She's that type of woman. It, it, there's no, like, there's nothing. Yeah, it's just all out there. Okay. And a lot of times I'm just like, Mom, stop saying that. Like, you got to think positive, like, because you don't know what's going on in somebody else's head. I mean, and not to kind of jump off of the subject a little bit, but I think our older generation, I want to say, 
kind of help put the depression on okay. s- certain folks, you know, um, not because of the things that, or the words that are coming out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. They don't realize what they're saying affects right. the person. Right. It's so. very condescending sometimes. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Very, so so. It, it's hard changing someone who is so, you know, old, especially when they're set in their way. Yeah. I've been like this for 85 years. I ain't changing. changing. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's it's really weird but i do feel like some some forms of depression are from them i i mean i went through <laughs> a lot of negative self image because of my grandmother mm. so you know i was called fat now mind you fat well i was raised down south so i was decently plump you know <laughs> Um, so coming up here to hear that I was fat and greedy going from living in Georgia to eating whatever I wanted Mm -hmm. was like a culture shock to me. What you mean I'm fat? I mean, I knew I was a thick girl, but why, why does fat have to equate to, you know, something so bad or your red ass? Okay. So I was like, I'm light skinned. I can't help it. Like, (laughs) you know, and it really made me have like this complex about my weight. So was, did you eat more or did you, how did you come out of that? I ate more. <laughs> I ate more. And it's so crazy because now that I think about it back then, I wasn't even that big. I'm trying to get back to that size. Right. Exactly. You know, yes. Like, oh, you call me all, of, all fat and stuff all the time. And now I'm really fat. <laughs> I should smack you. For the record, you're not fat. <laughs> For you. the record. <laughs> well, see, the good thing now is Shawty has fallen in love with her body. Hey. So she loves who she is inside and out. That's, know, that's the right. difference. Okay. You know, so when I say fat, P-H-A-P, you know, <laughs> I really love, you know, every aspect of me because I'm more than just my physical shell. Yes. But as a child, hearing that, and then not only hearing that, but six months later, my mom passed away. My mom mm. isn't here to tell me, hey, you're How beautiful. beautiful you are. You know, oh, that looks good. I had to ask my aunt how did I look and they felt like I was being too grown or felt like I thought I was too cute and you know it was just things like that and it's just like I'm only 13 I want to know how I tell me I look good because right now I'm just a fat red bitch right you know so what's going on so yes that right there definitely was an addition mind you we were just moving from uh Georgia my mom was sick um so that was an onset of some form of depression and anxiety for me and uh you know negative self-image right mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's amazing I, I think about all of the um these young ladies i'll say young ladies who are trying to be like a uh instagram model mm-hmm. and so they're doing all of these things to change their body and 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 uh these butt injections and all these crazy things mm-hmm. to make themselves look a certain way. Yeah. I feel like that's a part of depression because at some point in time, somebody should be telling you, like you said, you're beautiful. Right. You look great. You don't need this or you don't need that. Right. No, if no one's there to tell you that you're going to think all of these things and then go through all of that uh, to try to enhance what you already have. Now, a lot of the women, I don't know about the Instagram models, but a lot of the women that I follow who have gotten, like, nipped and tucked, um, like, mom of, like, four, 
you know, so they wanted to, that's their treat for themselves. Because mm-hmm. we really take our bodies through a lot after we have children. True. Sometimes our muscles don't go together like they used to be, so you got that pudge. Or sometimes you lose your butt right there on the table. It's like, <laughs> dang, I had some booty. What happened? It's right there on the table. You know, so <laughs> we take our bodies through a lot. And now I have no problem with somebody getting, you know, snatched. Now, I have but a problem when with it that. becomes excessive, yeah, like there's a model who got over, I think, sixty injections to her vagina to have the fattest vagina ever. What? And then she got like Ugh. all this work done to her face, and they did like a side by side of her before and her now, and it's like she was gorgeous before. That reminds me of Little Kim. Now, look, him is different. But I think she was gorgeous before she got all of this stuff done. That's true. But when you got somebody who broke your nose four times. Oh, well. Then there's that. Right. So, a lot of people look at little Kim and be like, oh, she got too much surgery. She got this. She got her nose broke. She was in, like, this really abusive relationship before Big. And then when she got with Big, she was in another abusive relationship. So, yes, that did something to her self-esteem. So, I'm sure that's why, what you know, provoked her to do it. But, honestly, her face, that wasn't cosmetic. That She needed to get restructured. She got beat up. Really? Yes. Now, see, that, I did not know that. Yes. She got beat up. And most people don't know that. But Lil' Kim was in, like, a severely abusive relationship. Mm. Face broke. Jaw broke. Nose broke. Like, and then when she got her nose restructured after the first break and he broke it again oh my god yeah um i read that on her uh doing an interview about her old abusive relationship she's actually trying to come out with a movie for domestic violence and everything telling about her life because she didn't like the whole biggie movie yeah and how it really depicted her so now she's like yeah i got a story for y'all y'all ready (laughs) you know so um she was a gorgeous girl before. I agree. And and she's still gorgeous. I think they be trying to Photoshop her, her pictures and stuff. <laughs> but with the excessive stuff, when they start looking like a bug, like, why is your butt so big? Why do you want that? That's what I don't understand. How, like, you sitting, like, three feet off the toilet. How do you... How? How, how do you how work do you it? fit in anything? You can't. I just don't understand. You gotta I, wear I, leggings. I, Barely can wear those. I'm not for it. <laughs> I don't even want what I have. <laughs> let alone add more. Oh, give me some. I can do some little, little fix-a flat right here, fix-a flat right there. Girl, girl, girl I'll give you whatever, whatever you need. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, honey. Yes. Okay. But, yeah, negative self-image would do that. And also women who, I feel like people have a choice. There's no way you could go off the deep end like that. I really don't feel it. When you go off the deep end, like that lady who got all those surgeries, over 100-something surgeries. That's sick. I think that's internal. It's oh. not because ain't nobody tell you that they love you or that you were gorgeous. That's something going on with you. That you feel like you want to be around here looking like Ken and Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I was not ready for that. Honey. <laughs> that was cute. Mm. Well, well, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, things that can lead to depression, surely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and anxiety. Yes. Yes. So I is agree. there anything else that we don't know about depression? 
that you can enlighten us? Um, I think I covered um all I wanted to cover. The only thing I would just say is for people to get help, especially um with uh feeling depression and the symptoms and you know things like that and if you have anxiety there's help for that too um you know having you know what we didn't talk about yes drinking substance abuse because that that now self-medicating okay let's 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 get into it so woo. Cause that that hit home right there. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> it does because it's crazy. I talk to my cousin a lot about a lot of things, and for one, I'm in school for psychology. Okay, um, so big ups to you for like Thank I you. really admire you because reading your book. And then the things that you are really open about, what you've gone through, what you've been through, what you like these things that you've had to internalize. How did you even get out of it? You know what I'm saying? Like you're sitting in front of me and I would have never, ever thought any of those things. So many people say that. And it's because regardless of what, like when I was younger, I would run to the church all day, every day. Me and my friends down south, you know, that's all you guys, you know, um, food stores, liquor stores and churches. Right. So I would run to the church and although I was going through, for one, I didn't feel like what I was going through was wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Until I got older, I felt like this is what things were. This is my example. I love my mom. So whatever makes her happy makes me happy. Now, even if a man beating on her makes her happy, after we fight that night, if she's happy, that's fine, you know. Um, But also her having a drug addiction and her, you know, covering up what really affected her. Mm -hmm. It showed me, especially when I got older and I didn't have these revelations until she passed away and I had to find myself. Mm -hmm. So it showed me that for one, my mom was broken hearted. Mm -hmm. You know, she, she got on this hard drug. I think everybody got on that drug probably around the eighties and nineties. Slim, a slim few didn't, but you know, (laughs) us hood joints. Listen, our mamas was with the Rachel Edmonds stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so she, I feel like, for one, it was a choice at first. And then it was to begin to cover up hurt. Like, you felt like your mom didn't love you. Mm. You felt like, you know, you wanted this relationship with your mom that you couldn't have. Um, then you lose your daughter. Mm-hmm. Then you lose your father. So, you know, and then at this point, the only thing, you know, that you have is the streets and drugs. Mm-hmm. And then you have another child and you're not able to take care of her, which led to more drugs. And then you end up um, getting incarcerated and not being able to having to hand off your child and then coming out and not being able to take care of her. More drugs. And then you have another child <laughs> and you decided to clean up your life, but you still have past things lingering and now you really feel what the hurt feel like of you not being loved so you go back Mm. you know so the self-medicating at that point I believe helped my mom to forget about the pain that she was feeling of for one feeling not accomplished even though she was smart my mom was so intelligent she was amazing she could crack any code wow so her not feeling accomplished, her not feeling loved, you know, and just 
all around like having depression that nobody paid attention to. My mom said that she was abused as a child, mm. you know, and the person who she said abused her said that she was lying. Of course. So how does that make, like, you don't even want to own up to what you did to me. I was on my own at 14 years old. I came back to your home and you told me I couldn't come back. Mm. Regardless if I was pregnant or not, you still told me I couldn't come back. Right. You know, so. She was really going through her own little thing. Not only that, I can only get along with my mom when I have money Mm. to buy the stuff. For her. So that we can smoke together. Mm. You know, so my mom definitely self-medicated that way. And, you know, who can judge her? That's how you felt like you were going to get through. I just wish that she had someone to say, hey, you need this counseling. You need this therapy. Let's talk about it. Right. You know, it really interfered with her life. Um, I have family members who I'm sure they diagnosed with a couple of these joints. <laughs> Okay. Y'all, if y'all can see the look on her face right now, it's priceless. Listen, they got a couple of diagnoses. I know they do. Oh, I know they do. I know for a fact they do. Not a fact, though. A fact. <laughs> and Dr. M. Billy Shaga, shout, shout out to you. She said I shouldn't be going around diagnose people, but listen. <laughs> You just going to diagnose a few. Ooh, child, cause I know. Do you know why I say I can diagnose you? Cause you act like me. Oh. <laughs> when I was off my and I needed to take uh-huh. meds, that's how you act. Uh-huh. Except for your meds is the liquor bottle. Uh-huh. I wouldn't dare. Mm-hmm. No man, I already felt like I wanted to kill the world. Why would I drink some liquor? To, uh-uh. no, no, no. To and I know. Worse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I know for a fact. Not only that, bipolar. Bipolar disorder is genetics. Mm. I got it from one of y'all, my immediate family. I got it from somebody. And see, the problem is they probably don't want to go anywhere to get help or to get looked at or to get diagnosed. She's perfect. Because they don't want to hear that. Oh, I ain't got that. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And some other shit, okay? <laughs> you got it. Listen, you got, we, we got it from somewhere. Uh-huh. You know, blood it's line. genetic. It's, it's bloodline. Blood, and yeah. now, it could have been my mom's <laughs> dad's side, but my mom, my mom's dad, um, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Okay. Okay. So I have bipolar depression, bipolar disorder. So, you know, it, it's a difference. I don't have, um, symptoms of, uh, of a schizophrenic or, you know, schizoid or anything like that. But that's a whole nother show right there. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Whew. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, no, I know. I know, because they'll be like, you don't see something such sitting right there, what's up? And you're like, that and them talking, like hearing the voices, that thing, like I saw a video of that, and it really blew my mind. I honestly think, and this is just my opinion, this ain't been no research or nothing. <laughs> it's a thin line between a schizophrenic and really like being at that crossroads spiritually. Mm-hmm. That's just me, mm-hmm. you know. Because it's no way that you can channel all them, like, watching the movie Sybil and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. How did you speak French and you didn't even no. learn it? Right, right, right. Yeah. What is that? Mm-hmm. Is it, like, possession? Like, what is that? Are those all your different past lives talking? What is that? <laughs> like, it's so interesting. But, yes, I had a couple family members, immediate family members. That really need to go and get some assistance. They do. And they're older. 
they're older than me, so of course they're, that they're, they're probably not gonna, yeah. But they really need it, even for like grievance. When you lose someone, mm-hmm. like a mother, a father, or somebody who was a figure like that to you, you need to talk to someone because mm-hmm. you know it's it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with and grieving. And I always tell this because I I hate when people lose someone and they give them this robotic speech. Mm. Oh, I can't stand the speech. What's the speech, Paradise? They will always look over you. Oh, be strong. Oh, it's gonna be okay. Gonna be okay. I'm never going to physically see this person again. again. Uh-huh. What do you mean? I spent the last 20 um some years with this person. Last 40 um some years with this person. How are you going to stay here? To, they're always looking over you. I don't want to hear that. That's so stupid. Like, yeah. I can't stand that. When someone close to me, parents pass, I always say to them, Hey, I'm not going to give you this robotic speech. I ain't going to tell you that time heals all wounds. I ain't going to tell you that they're always looking over you. I say because the reality of it is you want to see them see you. That's where the pain come at. You want to be able to touch them. You want to be able to hug them. You want to be able to talk to them outside of a dream. Mm -hmm. Only thing I'm going to tell you is, I told my friend uh, Leon this. I said, only thing I'm going to ask from you is that you don't allow your mother's death to make you an alcoholic. Mm. That's all I asked, and it was so crazy because he didn't he didn't smoke or drink, you know. Well, he didn't smoke, but he didn't drink, you know. So I told him I said, "Don't allow it to turn you that way." And you know, life has its way, and he did what he wanted to do. But at least I put that seed, like, "Hey, dude, I'm not going to sit here and give you this robotic speech and tell you that time is going to heal it." Because honestly, in my experience, losing my mom. It seemed like as time went on, it got harder. Yeah. Because it was, it was really like reality. Like, year one, no, nah, she on vacation. Year two, she gonna come back. Year three, hmm, maybe I need to go back down to South Carolina and see if she did. Year four, oh, shit, she ain't coming back. Year five, but wait, where's my closure? Year six, like, it was literally a, like, a, a it was a process before I could even wrap my mind around reality and how... Oh my God, she's really gone. Yeah. And as years go on and you start doing accomplishments because now you're moving and you're doing this and it's like, wow, every moment in my life will be bittersweet because I can't see her see me. Right. So I don't give that robotic speech. I can't <clears throat> tell you how much I abhor that speech, girl. I. It's so annoying. Don't tell them people that. Yeah. Don't tell them that. You have another child in the long run. How you think you're going to feel? You never feel the same. Never. You're never going to feel the same. And you can't tell anybody how to feel. Because you don't know how they're going to feel. And you don't know how long it's going to take them to get through this process. It seemed like the grieving process is an ongoing process. It's never one that's just like one and done. Even though they have the steps to grieving and the acceptance sure. and the anger and the resentment. Sometimes I find myself repeating the cycle all over again. Mm. Like, ah, I wish you were here. Like, you know, and then sometimes I'm like, you know, I miss you, but maybe this is what was it. You know, I went through the whole stages of bargaining with the higher power. Like, if I'll do this, if you'll do this, you know. So, you know, grieving is one of those. Like I told my aunt who uh, my grandfather passed last year. And I told her and I said, you know, don't let nobody tell you how to grieve. Right. Don't let nobody tell you how to feel. Um, don't let nobody tell you, you know, what you've seen or if you're having dreams, don't let, like, don't let nobody tell you how to get through this process. Yeah. 
At the end of the day, this is a process. You watched your dad take his last breath. Don't let anyone tell you how to get through this process because this process is tailored to you. Just like for my other aunt, her sister, that process is going to be tailored to you. The way you perceive things and the way that you go through things is going to just be customized for uh, each individual. Right. So don't let nobody tell you how to grieve or tell you that time heals things because it doesn't. She was like, well, I'm just, I'm having these dreams and, you know, I'm sure, I don't know, I'm not crazy. And I'm like, girl, I'm 13 years in the game. You can't tell me anything that's going to make me think that you're crazy. crazy. Yeah. You know, I've been, you know, this is, I went through that stage that you're going through. Yeah. Having crazy dreams and really longing and wanting them to be there and having dreams that they're really not passed away, but they really are passed away because mm -hmm. your subconscious want them to come to hell back. Yeah, I've done that. Okay. <laughs> you know, so it's nothing <clears throat> that you can say to me that I'll be like, oh, you're crazy. Oh, you, I say you do need to talk to a grievance counselor. Yeah. You know? That's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we have covered quite a bit this evening. Yes, we did. So, um, there's one thing that I do want to kind of um, put out there in, cause, because we did talk about suicide, mm -hmm. I did want to give the hotline for anybody who is in need of uh, counseling or just need to talk to somebody. I'm going to give you the hotline, the suicide hotline, and or, or if you know someone who needs that. That number. That number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, the suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. So, with that being said, Miss Paradise, is there anything else you would like to put on the table this evening? No, just if you need it, go get help. You ain't too good. You, it doesn't make you less of a person. Get your mind right because when you get your mind right, how civilization as a whole heals. Amen to that. <laughs> well, I am so grateful for you this evening. Thank you for being on Sugar Talk with Rana. I've greatly enjoyed this conversation. And, of course, I know you will be back on again. Yes. Next time, maybe we could do this live, you know, our Facebook live. I know, you know, I have been doing that for quite some time. I kind of went on a hiatus and um, I did come back for one uh, relationship and dating chronicles. You know, everybody loves that one. That's <laughs> hot topic, girl. So yes. <laughs> we'll be back on there soon. However, I did want to get back to my first love, which is the podcast. So thank you for recording with me this evening. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, guys, this is it for us we're gonna say good night have a great rest of your week and um love on yourself self-care is the best care yes all right good night